0: He is not here. He has risen, just as He said. Come and see the place where He lay. Then go and quickly and tell His disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see Him. Now I have told you. And I'll go ahead and read verse, look couple more verses. So the woman hurried away from the, the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell His disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, He said. They came to Him, clasped His feet and worshipped Him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Let's pray. Father, today is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. And so, Lord, not only is this a historical event, but, Lord, not only is this the, one of the biggest events in Christian dumb, Lord, this is a big event for each person who would accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, that this Jesus would give us life today. And so, Lord, let the risen Christ come alive in all of us today. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You see, friends, we've already talked about this. The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. There would be no Christian faith if Christ had not risen. Amen? And so, however, though, since there is a resurrection... Some people will doubt this resurrection, this cornerstone. Some would would cast doubt or cast shadows or or would even say it never happened or never existed. And see, for the most part, most of the world understands that there was a resurrection. There was a person named Jesus. But we're going to talk just for a few minutes here about the reactions, the types of reactions that people have towards Jesus and, and the different responses to the resurrection of Christ. And so this morning I want you to respond and I I hope that the word of God would speak to you this morning and that the resurrected Christ would come. And so if you're taking notes, if not, you can just follow along, you can listen. Number one is is the reactions to the resurrection of Christ. You see, because Christ did die, he was buried, he was resurrected. And this is a true account. This is not a story made up, this is a true account. So the first thing, the first reaction can be, there's many, but I just want to talk about a few, just for a few moments. The first reaction is the reaction of rationalism. You see, we live in a world where, where we have a lot of knowledge. Would you, would you agree? There's a lot of information, there's a lot, a lot of knowledge in the world, correct? I mean, we're gaining, and, and we're, it's awesome, we, we're getting a lot more information, but sometimes we have too much information, correct? We can have information overload, and so, so the first is the reaction of rationalism. Rationalism basically would say, this is a humanistic view that says, Because the mind of humans is ultimate, only that which man can perceive and explain can therefore be true. And since the resurrection is inexplicable by human reason, it did not happen. In other words, the human mind is the ultimate computer, and if we can't reason or make rhyme of the resurrection of Jesus, therefore it did not happen. Now the problem with that is the human mind is not the ultimate. It is not the ultimate Okay, we we are not the sum end. We are not the existence. We are not the total of all creation because there was a creator that made us. Amen. And so this reaction of rationalism, saying, "Well, if you if you can't explain it or if you can't touch it, then it didn't exist." Well, what about the air? You can't touch the air, but it exists, right? You can't touch the sun, <laughs> but it exists, and you feel it. You see. One of the other flaws in rationalism is because reason can be subject to discrimination from feelings, from history, from from ignorance, or or from you trying to deny or close thinking. Does that make sense? So another response to the the resurrection of Jesus would be the, the reaction of unbelief. Unbelief doesn't reason away the reality of the resurrection. It just refuses to believe the plain truth. Simple unbelief is a denial of what is fact. The fact of the resurrection is perhaps the most indisputable fact of ancient history. You see, the Bible has many copied texts from the Old Testament to the New Testament. More than the writings of Plato, uh, Socrates, and all ancient writings, the Bible has many transcripts that are still in existence or have been proven. And again, if you go through culture, history, many cultures would refer to Jesus or refer to God or refer to the Hebrews or refer to the Jews. They point to that and the events that happened. And so historically, the Bible can be proven true, and historically, Jesus can be proven true through eyewitness and people testifying and writing about it. And you see, this evidence is based on truth. But again, unbelief denies the facts. You can deny the fact that eating Krispy Kreme donuts every day at five cases is going to give you a heart attack, right? I mean, I love to eat Krispy Kreme donuts every once in a while, right? I mean, if I went to, to, to have a five guys hamburger and fries, that not sound good right now. Are you getting hungry? If I went there every day and ate there three times a day and said this isn't going to affect me, I'm denying the facts, right, right. But see, the facts will be proven true. Let her see. Then there's the reaction of doubt. Everyone has doubts. Everyone has questions. And there's a such thing as honest doubt, where a truth seeker wants to have questions about the resurrection. Resolved or, or ha- wants a response, but you see also in our world today there is what's called hypocritical doubt, which simply continues to question long after there is available evidence and it's been made clear. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, some of you know that, and, and I, I mean, I I I want to know. I don't follow Jesus blindly, as in like I don't see him, but I totally trust in Jesus because I do understand him. I have questions. I want those questions answered. But I don't always understand. I may not always grasp everything. You see, our minds are finite. They're limited. Is this true or false, right? Because we would be God if we had infinite knowledge. But we don't. We're humans. And so there's nothing wrong with doubt or wanting questions, but it's the hypocritical doubt that continues to question the evidence and doubt the genuine life of Jesus Christ. Then there's the reaction of indifference. The indifference just says "Hey, it may be true, it might not be true, but I just don't care. It makes no claim on my life, it's it's not something that's on my agenda, it's not on my radar, I just I don't see it at the top of my list. Whether it happened or not, I'm not particularly interested. So you have those that are indifferent. Then there's the, the reaction of ignorance. Now there are those who are just they're not familiar with the gospel, they they've never read the Bible. In fact, there are whole generations that have never heard Jesus besides being a cuss word. There are whole generations that have never read the Bible, never looked into the Bible, never gone to church. There are two sets of generations in this world that have never gone to a Christian church. And there are even some places where they have never, never met a Christian. And so that's a, an ignorance of they don't know. Or they might have a, a vague passing knowledge. They might have heard about it. Or they try to ignore the facts. I don't know. I, I I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Ignorance is bliss, but that'll get you in the end. Then there's the reaction of outright hostility. These are people who are just hostile to the reaction, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They just it, it bugs them. They just they're going to it. They're going to try to disprove it as much as they can. You see, it's more. It's more than rationalistic rejection. It is more than just willful in unbelief in the facts. It is more than doubts, indifference, or ignorance. It's anger towards the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is hostility. It is vocal, vociferous, it's a big word, attacks against the truth of Jesus Christ. And there are people throughout history who have tried to disprove the Bible and tried to disprove Jesus, but they have come short. In fact, some of those people who doubted and made fun of actually became followers of Christ once they truly checked out the facts. And you see, God is a living God. And His name is Jesus Christ. But you see, the, the truth will still remain even though you might be violently opposed or hostile to the Gospel. The truth still remains the truth. Amen? You can't deny that. In fact, 1 John 5, 10-13, I might have it. Listen to this. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Sadly, anyone who does not believe has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony God has given given us, eternal life. And this life is in the Son. Verse 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of of the Son of God so that you may know that you may have eternal life. And so what's our response? These are some reactions to the resurrection. Here's some responses, okay? And here's the best response. I'm not going to force you, but I want to talk to them. Letter A, number two, letter A is faith versus foolishness. You see, there are people that would say a person or persons of faith are called brainless or fools for having hope in a higher power. Yet they try... And deny faith, but they have faith in the sun. The sun comes up every day. They have faith that when they go out to their car and they pop their little remote, they have faith that that remote's going to open. Well faith is for fools. They have faith, maybe they're, they're in love with someone they, they have faith in that love, but yet they call faith foolishness. They say, well, you can't prove faith. But yet they have faith in politicians. Faith in future. Faith in weather forecasters. They might say, well, scientifically in the lab, you cannot prove faith. And that's true because even if you do a lab experiment, in that, in that context, you can't even prove that you existed. You can't even prove scientifically that Abraham Lincoln existed. Historically, yes. But scientifically, you can't. And so to say that Faith is illogical and foolish, but yet believing in love is illogical. (laughs) Does that make sense? And so faith is not foolishness. Faith is an assurance in something that is greater than oneself. And you see, that's what our faith in Christ is, that He is greater than us. It's not foolishness. Because you see, everybody has faith in something. A faith in their mentality, faith in their car, faith in their job, faith in a family member, faith in something. Everyone has faith of some type. Even an atheist has faith in atheism. It's true. And so if they're going to call you a fool, then you might say, well, then you're also a fool also. But I would rather be a fool for Christ when the end of time does come and I would be a fool for believing that he was resurrected. And it just said in the Bible, which is proven that it is the word of God, that those who believe in him will have eternal life. I'd rather fall on that foolishness than at the end deny God. Amen? You see, so who's the fool? You see, here it is. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11, 1-3 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain for what we do not see. This is what the agents were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. God made all things. Faith is something we don't know, though He made it. Faith is, I trust in a being that is alive. And He sent His Son. So faith over foolishness. Letter B, the affirmation of faith, of truth. You see, uh, there's a saying that people have, question everything, question everything, question everything. But don't you get tired of questioning when the answer is right there? I mean, there are some things that are vague, but if the answer is yes or no, or here is the Savior, or He's not here, I question it, I, I question, I question, I question. You know, question everything. You can question everything until the answer comes. There is an answer. There is truth. And and so you have to one day have an affirmation of truth. You see, the truth is still the truth, even if we try to question it or make it illegal. Right? I mean, we live in a society where, listen to me, listen, I I love our political system here, kind of, in the United States. It's, it's It's pretty good compared to a lot of other nations. But the majority is not always right. And on the same side, the minority isn't always right. Huh. There's your way, my way, and then there's God's way. And you see, the truth is, the truth has to be affirmed some way or the other. But you see, listen, this is, this is truth. Even if we make it illegal, and kids and parents don't try this at home, see, you can stare at the sun with a naked eye and deny that it will affect you, but it's going to burn your retina. That's the truth. Oh, I don't believe it. You're a fool for believing that, Stan. What an idiot you are for having such a small-minded mentality. Question it, question it. No, it's proven there's truth. I'm not going to look at the sun with my naked eye. Well, it's illi- we're, we're going to make the sun illegal. That's fine. You can make it illegal, but it's still going to shine. The truth is still the truth, no matter what you call it, no matter how you try to deny it. Amen? You see, there has to come, some, come a time where there has to be an affirmation of truth. It is the same with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It truly happened, and He still affects our lives today. True. It is true. It is true. You see, the resurrection is proven, again, as I talked about, through the Bible and collaborating reliable historical documents all through our history. And the life principles taught in the Bible, the ways of Jesus, are proven to improve your life. And not only that, they are proven to give us a life into eternity when we die. So we can affirm the truth by believing in it, trusting in it. You can trust truth. Truth is truth. And you see, the Christian church continues since Christ started. It has been around. The Bible is the best-selling book of of all time. Why is that? Because it's truth. But listen to this. Listen to what Paul is saying. Paul was a very smart apostle. He, he had what would be the equivalent of three doctorates in, in our time. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me, this is just a little bit long, but you'll be fine. Verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God and that He raised Christ from the dead. But he, did not, but he did not raise Him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Verse 16, For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. Verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. This sounds kind of depressing. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. Here's the good news, verse 20. But Christ indeed has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You see, if Christ had not been risen, the church would not be in existence today. It would not continue. In fact, the church continues to grow every day, the church is growing. So the third thing about truth and, and about the resurrection is the application. Okay? So you can, you can have faith in truth, you can affirm the truth, but then if you want to receive this truth, you have to apply the truth. True? Come on, true? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is come. You see, when, when you accept the resurrection of Christ, when you allow him to be your Savior, he makes you a new person. That's why I showed that video. Them saying, how do I know? How do I know Jesus is alive? Because they became alive. And you see, there are people that live in this world and they're empty inside. And they're empty. They're filling their lives up with all kinds of stuff, but they're empty inside. And that emptiness can be filled with the love of Jesus Christ and by knowing the resurrected Christ. Jesus said that we can know the truth and the truth will set us free. John 8, 31 and 32 says to the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, if you hold to My teaching... You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen? You don't always have to have questions. God can answer your questions. God is big enough. God can answer your questions. If you have doubts, ask Him. He will help you. The resurrection of Jesus did happen and because of it, we can have life on this earth. John chapter 11, 25-26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live and even though he dies and whoever lives believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I hope you believe this. The question is will you and I believe the re- resurrection of Christ and affirm and apply his ways to our lives so that you can live not only here but live eternally. So here's now the reward. So there's the response. There's there's the, the reactions to it. There, there's the... the the responses, the reactions, and now is the reward of the resurrection. You see, there is a reward for following Christ Jesus. There is a eternal life gift. The first thing, though, is letter A. It's a relationship, not a religion. You see, this faith is not a religion. It is a relationship. You can go to the tombs of other religious leaders who started religions and they're still in their tomb. You can go to the tomb, even in Jerusalem today, where Jesus was and he's not there. He's been resurrected. Well, people say, well, you know, if I had some time, I'm going to take a time just for a few minutes. Well, his disciples took him out of the tomb. That's crazy. Because, number one, there was a huge stone in front of the tomb and it was sealed. And then there were Roman guards. And if you don't know anything about Roman history at that time, those were some pretty fierce soldiers. And fishermen probably had pocket fisherman knives. Those weren't going to work against Roman swords and shields and spears. And there's another one. Well, Jesus swooned. He he passed out. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Passion of the Christ, and it's pretty accurate biblically in in most aspects. But if you've been beaten like that, pummeled by Roman, not only the Romans, but the temple guards, and then you were beaten like that, I don't think you're strong enough to pull a stone out of the way. When you do that, let me know, okay? I, I might not believe you still because it's impossible. But you see, the, the fact is, Jesus' tomb is empty because He is alive. And you see, it is a relationship, it's not a religion. You see, in fact, religions just show how flawed humanity is. Most religions have steps to get to the higher being. But after each step, after each set of steps, there's another set of steps, which only leads to more frustration. But you see, with Jesus, it's different. You can go directly to God through Jesus Christ. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. And in these other religions, instead of knowing God or the God or a God or the, whatever gods, you are just following rules and regulations trying to make yourself a better person. We're not doing very good at making ourselves better people in this earth, are we? That's why we have God. And God makes us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says again, we're new creations. You see... Galatians 2.16 says, Know that a man is not justified by observing the law. Or you could add, following a religion. It says, But by faith in Christ Jesus. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ. Not by observing the law or religions. Because by observing the law or religions, no one will be justified. We can become friends with Jesus Christ. John fifteen fourteen says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friend for everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You see, we understand that. We understand we can't save our sins. We understand that we can know Jesus as a friend. This is the only religion or faith where you can talk to Jesus one on one. Or you can boldly go before the throne of God because of Jesus Christ. You see, our goal is not to know more about religion. Our goal is not to know more about history. Our goal is to know Jesus. And that's what sets Christianity a relationship apart from the religions of the world. Religions frustrate. Jesus is a relationship that fulfills us. Amen? The second part of this, number three, is life purpose. Purpose. You see, as I talked about, people are physically alive, but yet they're empty inside. Or they're dead, they're, they're enslaved. They, they try to fill their emptiness with activities, with adrenaline, with drugs, with alcohol, with possessions, with, with careers, with titles, with, with all that stuff. But yet, at the end of the day, they're still empty. They're not fulfilled. But you see, Jesus says, I can give you life. Life that is full and alive. Jesus not only gives us hope, but He gives us direction. He gives us purpose in life. You no longer will ask, what is the purpose of life? You'll say, I'm alive. And I can help other people come alive. And I can have a career. I can have things. There's nothing wrong with things. Nothing wrong with with having fun. But you'll do it with a purpose from now on. You won't just, how sad to think you're born, you go to school, you go to trade school, you get a job, you work that job, and then you die. That is a sad existence. But in all that, you can have purpose. That God has given you life in all of that. When you go to school or trade school or have a career or run a business, however it is, you can give life to those around you. You can have life. You can enjoy a life with Jesus Christ. God will give you purpose in life. And even when bad things happen, God still works them out. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Isn't that awesome? The third thing is, is, is a relationship... And the reward of the resurrection is no more guilt or condemnation. You see, again, religions bring guilt upon you. They show you how good you are not and how bad you are and how you'll never attain this certain level. And you see, every one of us without Jesus, we are ridden by guilt and condemnation. We know when we've done wrong, right? You don't have to tell a kid when they've done wrong. They know. You know when you've done wrong. We know that we're empty inside. But you see, Jesus says, I will give you life. There will be no more condemnation. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that awesome? Jesus makes us right with God. Our consciences are free. Our minds are free. Romans 8, 6 says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You can go to sleep at night because of Jesus. And not worry about what's going to happen. See, then the the next thing, the fourth thing, letter D, is freedom from the bondage of sin. Well, I don't don't believe in sin. That's fine. But sin still exists. The truth is you look at our TV. Turn on your TV. Open up the internet. Open the paper. I see the effects of sin every day destroying one another. Sin exists. It's destructive. Sin is basically rebelling against the ways of God. It means falling short of God's plan for your life. Falling short of of what God wants in your life. In fact, the penalty of sin is this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And then Romans 3.23, For all of sin, it comes short for the glory of God. Everyone is sin. How many banks does it take a person to be called a bank robber? I'm going to help you out. It takes one bank a person to rob to become a bank robber. It takes... One sin, to be a sinner. Well, I don't believe in sin. It, it doesn't matter. It's truth. We all disobey. We all disobey God. But the good news is, Christ came to set us free from the curse. Now, this is a little bit long, but Romans 5, listen to this. You have to hear this. Romans 5, 6-11. to You see, just at the, just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. This is awesome. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? In other words, you're alive now. If you accept Christ. Verse ten four, If when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but also rejoice in in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. In other words, now we've been made right. We were lost, but now we are found. We are blind, but now we see. You see, the resurrection was more than just a one-time event. The resurrection is an event that makes us right with God. So you can have faith in God. Amen? The next thing, letter E, is eternal life. You see, every person... One out of one people die. Did you know that? What a statistic, right? Ten out of ten people are going to die. Isn't that exciting? One million out of one million people are going to die. What's the population of the world? Billions? What what is it? Seven billion? Ten billion? Ten billion people out of ten billion people are going to die. You and I cannot run from death. We are all going to die. It has been appointed to man. Romans nine twenty-seven says it's Just as man is destined to, to die once and after that to face the judgment. Verse 28, check this out. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of the many people and He will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. You see, through Jesus, we can have eternal life. Even though you die on this earth, you can have eternal life. You see, man has been trying to figure out a way To live forever. Even now, scientists are futilely working to keep man alive eternally. It's just not going to work. No matter how hard they try. No matter matter how many star uh, uh, space movies they watch. It's just not going to happen. No matter how many times they try to deny it, you can't deny the fact that you are all going to die. So, if you're going to die, then you might as well get your heart ready, right? You might as well accept the resurrection of Christ. Amen? Jesus came to set us free from the curse of death and the fear of death. Hebrews 2:14. This is Jesus. Since since Jesus, speaking of Jesus, since the children have flesh and blood, Jesus shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. You don't have to fear death if you have Christ as your resurrected Savior. You don't have to fear death because you know you're ready. This is awesome. And check this out again. I've read this to you. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I hope that will be your response. The last part that I want to talk about is the reward of resurrection is healing. Jehida said this, Isaiah 53.5 says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. Romans 8.11 then says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. In other words, you can be alive today even though we're going to die. And you see, God is still a God. You came to a church today that still believes in the miraculous. We see it. We've known it. We experience it. You see, there's healing. And I I think I have them up here. Let's hit the next slide. Do I have it? Healing for our body. Healing for our emotions. God can heal your emotions. Thank God for science and medicine and counselors. And you should go to all those things. But God can also heal our minds. God can heal our emotions. Isn't that awesome? You see, some of you think, well, man, I'm I'm such a mess. Who's going to help me? Jesus. Who will help me to live in this life? Jesus. Pastor Stan, my relationships are all crashed. They're wrecked. Jesus can restore them. He can make them new. He can give you new ones. That is part of the salvation. That is part of the resurrection. Your life can have... Worth now to, on the video, the, these people said they were they were they were addicted, they were lost, they were found, they were rebellious, they were empty. But God redeemed them, and now they have life. And you see, you can be that same person who can have life. God's sacrifice on the cross will give you life, and then your soul, your soul can be happy. You might be outwardly wasting away. In fact, look at you—you're all dying. Look at you—the wrinkles are on your face. Look at you—some of you, the the furniture's fallen. Right Your chest has fallen to your drawers, right? It doesn't matter if you have Christ in your life, you can still have life. no matter what happens to our bodies, our bodies wear out, they were never well they were meant initially to live forever, but they're not now because of the curse of sin. but Christ in your life can deliver you from the curse of sin. you're still going to die physically one day, but your soul can be ready and you can enter the kingdom of heaven. So how are you going to respond? to the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Are you going to respond to faith? Are you going to accept it? Are you going to to affirm and then are you going to actually live the truth out? How will you respond? Will you continue to doubt? Will you continue to ignore? Will you continue to run away? Will you continue to try to think you're smarter than God? God loves you. He is reaching out to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. And on this resurrection celebration morning Easter 2013, your life can be made new today by accepting Jesus Christ. Or maybe, you know what I'd say, you've come to church, you've been in church, you call yourself a Christian, but maybe your faith needs to be resurrected today, Easter 2013, your faith can be resurrected this morning. Either you can accept and have a new life in Christ Jesus, be delivered from death and sin and guilt and condemnation and have a relationship with Christ, or you can have your relationship with Christ renewed and restored and brought to a newness again. Would you stand with me this morning as we're going to prepare to end? And I want to give an opportunity for you to respond to Jesus Christ. So please don't run out. We're going, to be, we're going to be done here in a moment. You see, you can respond to this real resurrection by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus with your mouth and with your heart, you can have this eternal life. And I want you to have this life. Aren't you tired of the old ways that have not brought you peace, that have only brought you destruction and condemnation, why not have real life, real joy through Jesus Christ today? Don't you want to experience the resurrection of Christ in your life? Will you accept the resurrection of Christ today? Would would you please just bow your heads and close your eyes for the privacy of those around you? I want to have two prayers this morning. The first prayer is maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've heard me talk about Jesus for the first time or maybe you've heard others talk about Jesus and now you're coming to the point. And today, for the first time, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, and you say, you know what, there is this validity in this Jesus. I want to accept His truth. I want to make Him the Savior of my life. I want to be saved so that when I die, I will live eternally. If that's you, if you want to accept the power of Christ's resurrection for the first time, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to accept Christ as my Savior today. Hands up. Any hands up? Okay. Put your hands down now, put your hands down. Now. Everyone, everyone please repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept the truth of the resurrection. I accept that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I accept your eternal life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Make me new in Jesus' name. Now still with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, this is my last prayer. Maybe you already are a believer. But you see the cares and the worries of this world have weighed down your faith. Or maybe you're doubting the the faith that you have. And the power of the resurrection has faded in your life. And you say, you know what? I want to renew my resurrection power. I want to renew my relationship with Jesus Christ. I want my life to become new again. If that's you, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I want to renew my relationship with Christ. I want to restore the resurrection power in my life. Hands up if that's you. I want to restore my faith in God. I want God to be restored in my life. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. Let's all pray now. Dear Lord Jesus, I accept this newness to my faith. God, restore the joy of my salvation. Fill me with hope, with your love. Renew my faith and my relationship with you, Lord Jesus. I am yours. You are my King. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Friends, if you